0: Everything that happens in life is something that you can learn from, good or bad.
1: This is the 20 at 20 podcast, where I, Bryce Betzer, host, have 20-minute conversations with industry leaders about what advice they would give their 20-year-old selves. Yo! Welcome to episode 5 of the 20 at 20 podcast. Thanks so much for listening. I hope things are going really well for you. If this is the first time you're listening, thanks for giving this a shot. I'm really excited to start this audio podcast journey and and things are going pretty well for me. I I struggled a bit last week, honestly. I was kind of down and off on my my sleep schedule. I missed a few posts, two posts actually, on my daily LinkedIn, but... That's okay. I'm back on schedule and posting the content that I want to post every day, and it's okay to go through ups and downs and have different times. I I just got to get better at correcting them midday opposed to letting the week get away from me and then having to reset on the weekend, but... That's okay, and uh, one of the things that I like to focus on in this podcast is just the daily routines of different people, and and just kind of get some different ideas from the industry leaders and different things that I'd like to implement into my life. And I'm really excited to hear that from today's guest, who's should be super interesting. He's actually the youngest guest that I've had, still in his 20s, but he he's had to grow up so fast, being in the limelight. He's an Olympic athlete, and when you're when you're only 20 years old, but you're forced into representing your country, representing sponsors, and you're really in the public, eye, so I, I do think you're forced to grow up much faster, and I'm really excited to hear that perspective from the guest. He, he actually thought of the name of this podcast. We were eating at a Greek restaurant called Parsley's in Las Vegas, and I kind of uh, mentioned, mentioned the idea of my podcast. I didn't know what to call it. I was going off a few different things that were pretty long, and he combined them all together into 20 at 20 podcast. so super thankful for that. And on the other line, I have a national champion, a world champion, a keynote speaker, an Olympic gold medalist, Connor Fields. Connor, how's it going?
0: What's up, man? I am stoked to be here on the 20 uh, at 20 podcast. Let's do it.
1: Thank you. Thank you. So like I mentioned in the front of the show, what kind of daily routine do you have? I know it really varies with your schedule and stuff, but when you are home and when you're going through a training day, could you just walk us through that uh, that day with maybe some times and, and just how strict you have to be being an Olympic athlete?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, like you said, you know, my, my schedule is all over the map. Um, I spend probably just just about 15% of my nights a year are spent in a hotel room. Um, so, you know, my routine varies whether I'm in Europe or Australia or Argentina or Texas or if I'm home. So uh, my routines vary a lot. But the thing, you know, I guess as you get older, you learn about yourself and you learn about how you, how you work. And one thing I know about myself is that my most productive time is in the morning when I wake up. And then also late at night. I'm pretty much useless in the afternoon if there's anything I need to get done. So for me, when I wake up in the morning, my daily routine, like I immediately get up and I'm hungry. I'm an athlete. You know, food is a really important part of what I do. It's, it's fueling my body. So first thing out of bed, I, I eat regardless of where I am. Um, and then second, I, I get some stuff done. Um, whether I'm training that day or not, when I wake up, I immediately get into my emails. I you know, do 20 or so emails a day, just dealing with logistics and sponsorship, you know, requirements and different sorts of things like that. Um, and, and anything else kind of, I, I call it, um, you know, housekeeping or uh, accounting type stuff that I got to take care of. I just get that done right away. Uh, that way when I go to practice or I go to the gym or whatever training I have to do that day, I don't feel like a nagging feeling in the back of my mind. Like, Oh, I got to do this when I'm done. I got to do this. When I'm done. Like, you know, all my housework's done and everything's organized and then I can just go and train without any anything else kind of on my mind, um, you know. And then the rest of the day is kind of either going to be spent after training, you know, whether it's rest and recovery, which is an important part of what I do, um, you know, running errands. I'm, I own a house. I, I have a fiancé. I mean, there's all the daily routine that, you know, everybody has with it's grocery shopping, running errands, walking the dog, you know, that kind of stuff. Um or you know, sometimes I, I I'm a junior at UNLV, so sometimes the afternoons are filled with schoolwork. But uh, yeah, I guess in, in a nutshell, my daily routines are busy. I guess I, I don't like sitting still. I feel like it's a waste of time, so I like to try to stay busy.
1: I could definitely tell you aren't wasting much time at all. You have so many different things, and being just an Olympic athlete, you could totally just rest on doing that. But you're doing things to set yourself up which is something that I really respect and watch watch from the side. And it's been super fun to watch starting your uh, keynote speaking, still going to school. And then, of course, you got all your honeydews and that kind of thing. So it's pretty cool. And you did mention when you're training, you just want to make sure that nothing else is on your mind. So could you just go a little deeper? So when you're um, when you're doing your first session, whether it's at the track or in the gym, are, are you really just 100% able to focus in on, on that set that you're doing? Or are you, a, are you thinking about the race that's coming up or, or what are you, what, where's your mindset in that training session?
0: Yeah. And that's a good question. And, 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 you know, I think for everybody, that's going to be a little bit of a different answer. Uh, you know, I'm, uh, as you mentioned at the start of the show, I'm not old, but you know, I'm 26 years old, which as an athlete, I'm on my 10th year of my career. So I've got some experience. Um, you know, in the beginning, when I was young, I wasn't able to, to focus as much on the process. And I was so focused on the outcome and, you know, going to the gym was just, you know, a way to get closer to winning that race or being at the track on Monday was just a way to get closer to winning on Saturday. And there's still a bit of that in me. Um, you know, I'm very results based, you know, I, everybody, you know, me and you have had debates before, you know, about how important the journey is. It's like, well, is it a journey if you didn't reach your destination, you know, and, and we've, we've kind of chatted about that different stuff before. Um, but for me, when I'm in there, there's always a notion in the back of my mind, the major goal that I'm working towards, whether that's the next big race or the Olympics or whatever it is, it's always there because that's kind of what motivates me to push hard and, and work, you know, through whatever soreness and pain or injury I'm dealing with. But then at the same time, you know, I don't think you can get the most out of yourself if you're not, present focused on the task at hand you know let's say you've got squats first deadlift second you can't be squatting thinking about deadlifts and then look yourself in the mirror and say I did my best at my squats you know you got to be in the squat rack thinking about that next set to get the most out of that next set and then when that's done you can worry about the deadlifts uh, and, I, and that just like with anything I think practicing that it helps and and I've gotten better as I've done it more um, to where whatever else is going on in life I can kind of put it aside and just stay present with what's going on, you know, with the training session right now. But that's why I like to clear everything out before I go train. That way I don't have to stress about this, that, or the other while I'm there. And it's easier just to focus on one set at a time.
1: Nice. So it's awesome that you're able to look at both the micro and the, the macro. So you're able to look forward. And, and know that you're, you're maybe going for the Olympics, but then still able to focus on that one squat, which at the end of the day will definitely have an impact on that Olympics. Because if you, if you miss that or you, you skip it, or even if you're focusing on something else, you could risk injury. And one thing that is interesting, I, I was able to have that mindset when I was racing BMX. But now that I'm working or in school or even doing this podcast, I'm able to kind of see the same exact things For example, you mentioned thinking about deadlifts while you're thinking about squats. I've had times recording my early podcast where I was so focused on asking my question that's two questions from now, I kind of got lost and wasn't even really paying attention to what the the guest was saying and had to kind of regroup and probably didn't get the most out of my podcast. So uh, you're always going to have that same exact thing that you're able to apply it, whether it's you're speaking or, or BMX or whatever. So that's that's something that's sounds like it's going to be a big strength for you. Even
0: before, like what you're saying. So so just kind the, the of the main reason that parents put their kids into sport, you know, for the most part, there's probably a few that aren't, but it's not so they can go pro and make millions of dollars. It's so that they can learn valuable lessons about life, right? Sportsmanship, work ethic, teamwork, you know, things like that. And, and I'm a firm believer that sport teaches very valuable lessons that you can put forth in life. And just like you're saying, you know, the things that you did and that you learned through your career of, of, of competing at BMX, you're using out of it. And, and I, I agree with that hundred percent. Um, you know, all of this stuff that I've learned about, you know, controlling my mind or focusing on one set at a time, that's how you're, you're able to, to be successful. And I think anyone who's successful in any, Industry, whether it's sport, business, art, whatever it is, has that ability to think big and to believe that one day they'll be the best at whatever it is that they do, or they'll own that company, or they'll star in that movie. But they understand that right now, the way that they're going to star in that movie is by killing it on this toothpaste commercial, which is one step closer to getting to that that you know feature film. Um, which is why I, I think that you know sport is so important for for, for everybody to to compete at.
1: Yeah, that, that's such an awesome perspective. And I love that you're able to, to put that into the toothpaste commercial for if a BMXer is listening, that could be winning your first local race, winning your first state race, and then winning your first national. And that's going to keep building and progressing. And uh, like Jason Richardson, I mentioned in a previous episode, we talked about this infinite continuum. And you're just going to keep building in whether it's sport, life, school, uh, retirement, anything that you're going for, that you're going to have a lot of the same rocks and tumbleweeds he's called it. So that's something that's a core belief of mine for sure. I got to keep it moving though. So if we could zoom back to the year 2013 when you were 20 years old, you were just coming off your first Olympics and it actually didn't go to plan. Um, I-, I guess you could probably say. I'll let you speak for it, but the run-up to that Olympics had to have been too planned, though, right? For
0: the most part, I guess if you again, like, if you look at it macro, everything went really well up to it. I mean, I had a crash a couple of weeks before, but you know, it wasn't anything too crazy. Like, I was still able to to compete, and you know, I found myself sitting in lane number one as the as the number one seed in the final. You know, so in theory, I had all the ingredients needed to go and win a gold medal, or you know, even a, a silver or bronze. But yeah, obviously, and when you're the one seed in the final and you get pretty much last place in the final that's not you know that's not according to plan um but yeah 2013 um it back now it's crazy you know uh I think part of being an athlete I, I look at I think 2013 and you know I immediately just thought to you know what what gear was I riding what you know what was my racing schedule like that year like <clears throat> you can probably relate to this when you think of years you kind of know you know oh, that was a good season that was a bad season um you know, but I guess looking back, if I could tell myself, you know, a few a few different things about that when I was 20. I mean, obviously, I'd tell myself to put everything in Amazon, but I, I don't think that's really what we're, what we're saying here. Um, I would tell myself to appreciate the opportunities that you have. Uh, when I was 20, my career, you know, seemed like it was going to be so long and I had so much in front of me. and I'd have a couple of bad races and I'd be like, oh, it's all good. I got 100 more. You know, but now I'm getting to the point where I'm getting towards the end of my career, and every race really does mean a lot more to me now because I only have, you know, a couple of years worth of tops more. Um, you know, but if I could go back and, you know, I was 20 years old, I had 10 world championships in front of me. Now I've maybe got two or three, you know, and I, I just appreciating all of the opportunities that I had would be a big thing. Like, don't take anything for granted, Appreciate every single one. Um, and then the other thing, I I guess like you kind of have to go through it to get there, but just in my personal life, like away from the bike, I was young, I was living on my own. Like I moved out of home when I was 19 living by myself and I kind of had to learn the, the hard way. Um, I kind of grew up too fast. I would say like, I kind of started trying to be older than I was and a lot of it's because I had to be because of my sport but I think back and you know all my friends now are 26 27 20 years old and some of them have kids they're married everybody's pretty grown up at this point but I, I wait I miss a lot of opportunities of spending times with friends like doing stuff that 19 year olds do because I was like oh I have you know a trip to Europe in a week I'm gonna focus on that and be an old man and be professional you know and I wish I would have maybe taken up some of those opportunities to be a 19-year-old kid or 20-year-old kid um, a little bit more because you don't get those again.
1: Totally. And that is one thing that I think you you are great at today that I've noticed is you're you're able to put yourself in a position of – definitely you realize the outcomes of situations. So I can be the first to admit I I lived with Connor and I I saw him definitely – make conscious effort when friends are out partying and and he has a race that he doesn't go out and and just get wasted or or do mistakes and it, it lives a clean lifestyle has drug tests and not that you would do drugs if, you weren't getting drug tested, I'm saying, but you just, you make sure that you're doing all the right choices. But at the same time, you still do go out. And the other day we had some frozen yogurt and I, I was kind of scared to ask you to go get frozen yogurt. Cause in my head, I'm like an oh, Olympic athlete. I don't want to mess them up. But I think, you know, that you train hard, you have it in moderation and it is all about that moderation. And, and I, I know you're hard on yourself and you think you miss a lot of things, but I, I do think you have definitely appreciated the opportunities, but That is something I do want to dive in a little bit more, because I I had an interesting perspective, I guess, now that I I think about it. I never thought about it before the episode, but in 2013, that was probably the only time I was on the world stage as a racer. I was racing junior elite, and so I got to go to New Zealand with you. We did the camp um, at the center before, Olympic Training Center in San Diego, and then we went to New Zealand about a week before and rode there and I got to see that and then eventually see a race. And if, if my memory serves you right, I think you won the time trial world championships and then things went pretty poorly with a, with a crash in the, in the actual race, which I'm sure you're frustrated, but yeah, that's, that, that's,
0: that's one of those ones, man. Thinking back, if I could, if I could get if like one race that I could redo, Ooh, that one might be, might be right up there with the London Olympic one. That one would probably be number two.
1: Interesting. And yeah, I mean, there is no way to redo it, right? But I'm sure all those different failures that you had helped you become who you are today and eventually win that gold medal. So before I go into uh, the Rio Olympics, which, as we know, went successful, do you think... Um, today on a trip like when you're you're going to Europe soon do you think you're able to appreciate the opportunities that you have a little bit more than you did maybe six years ago when you're when you're there are you able to maybe go get a crepe or uh, not even like uh, fatty tourist things but do you just in, enjoy your time more knowing that it is a limited opportunity and something that you worked your whole life for yes and no um you know the
0: in particular you know this one that's coming up that uh, I'm going to be going to Europe. This will be the last trip this year over to Europe. Um, I appreciate the heck out of the opportunity to compete at the event and the opportunity to represent United States and to try to win, you know, world championship, Um, you know, but then at the same time, I also appreciate that I can go back to Europe without a bike in a couple of years and just go be a tourist and enjoy that completely. So while this is a fun trip and I appreciate the opportunity, I, I approach it more as a business trip. Um, and while I, I mean, I just like, you know, a businessman on a business trip, if they get a few minutes to check out a local tourist thing or, you know, have some fun or whatever, they're going to do it. But for me, this is, you know, a little bit more of a business trip. Um, you know, and I'm, and I'm okay with that, you know, as I've gotten older, I, I understand, you know, it's the, it's the way it works. And, um, I have a mortgage and uh, I I train really hard and I go there to do well. And uh, when I was 20 years old, I think I might have been a little bit afraid to admit that. And I wanted to have fun and I wanted to live the dream and I wanted to do all of these types of things. But um, now I think I can look at it a little bit more uh, just for one piece of it uh, with understanding that, you know, I can go back
1: another time um, and do the touristy stuff. That just shows the dedication that you have and probably another reason why I wasn't successful in BMX because I, I just honestly... I'd, I could be extremely dedicated um, when it comes to learning a new skill in graphic design or or studying for this test, but I, I just think when it came to that BMX, I was more... I was definitely just on a tourist thing, So, and, and my outcome kind of showed for that, so I, I'm not uh, angst in any way towards that, but I do want to touch on, so you, you did mention that things didn't go well at London, um, you were 19 years old then, and then four years later you go to Rio and, and things do go well. Do you think that that was just a, a circumstance that things went well that day, everything was clicking? Or was that a build of all the different lessons that you had, mistakes that you made in London, maybe uh, different things that you learned along the way and just being more mature?
0: you know, when you asked me to come on the podcast, you know, I started thinking about what would I tell myself at 20. And, you know, my first thought was the whole butterfly effect thing. Right. And it's like, if I told myself something at 20, would I still end up here in this position that I'm in today? And like, I like my life. I like the way everything's turned out. And, uh, I'm a huge believer that, you know, everything that happens in life is something that you can learn from good or bad. And, you know, everything is constantly building. I think you mentioned earlier, what, Jason Richardson called uh, the infinite continuum is it um, constantly just compounding and building and building and building. So it was hard for me. Like what would I tell myself at 20? Well, that, you know, that would possibly change the outcome of how it is now. Um, but yeah, I, 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 with, with regards to your question about Rio, like one, one hundred percent that everything that happened along the journey, you know, between failing in London, having some good years and bad years in between, getting injured barely making it to the Olympics barely making it into the finals after a a crash in the the semifinal you know all of it kind of led to that that moment and if one or two things went differently maybe it would have turned out differently and you just don't know Um, but then again you know that's I think why I would recommend to myself at 20 years old to appreciate all the opportunities just because as I've gotten older, I realize how few of them you really get. And even in non BMX related stuff, you know, like I did a keynote speech. Um, I did my first one in January of 2020 or 2019, excuse me. And then I was like, this is a huge opportunity. And so I put just as much effort and focus and intensity into performing well there as, you know, I would for an Olympic event, just because I understand that these kinds of opportunities don't come around much. And, I don't think all, I don't think very many 20-year-olds have the perspective on life to understand, you know, what's a big opportunity and what's not, you know, whether it's a job interview or um you know getting accepted into a a school or you know whatever it may be for that individual, just appreciating and understanding how one opportunity and unlocking one door could lead to so much.
1: Totally and and there's no way to know where that door will lead you so you just have to attack it with the intensity, knowing that it, it could give you the biggest opportunity. I mean, you could have spoken January and, and never spoke again, or it could have been the, led you to a, some speaking contract that led you to speak at every school in the nation. And you probably landed up somewhere in between where it definitely opened some doors and you have some more opportunities. But uh it's not, it wasn't the, the biggest event of life changing catapult thing, but there's no way to know that. So I love that you attached it.
0: Yeah, no, and, and I agree completely. You just don't, you just don't know. And it, it could down the road pay dividends and you don't even know about it
1: yet. Nice. So one thing I, I do want to go over with is your social media. So you've been a professional athlete since, is it, how old were you when you were pro?
0: Uh, My first pro race I did when I was 15. I did a World Cup in uh, 2008 when I was 15 years old.
1: Wow. So by by 2013, you were already professional for five years. That's crazy. And I went through your Instagram, and I I pulled some posts up. And it's actually pretty funny. Um, It's cool for me to see just the evolution that you had. And I've seen it firsthand, starting your YouTube and everything. But if we could go all the way back to 2013 – Uh, Let's say you posted on April 25th uh, a selfie that has some sort of gray frame on it, uh, extreme filter, and it might have been taken with a potato. I'm not sure. But it says, (laughs) Throwback Thursday. (laughs) Miss these fools. At Rick Nasky. At Ace. Which, I I met them great friends, but definitely not something that you would post today. Another picture is just you laying with Barry Nobles in Argentina, um, with a, a bench that's upside down, apparently. And it, granted, social media was in a total different spot back then. Um, I don't think people were really looking at it as a career, or it probably wasn't in um, any sort of contracts or anything. But could you just speak on maybe how you look at social media differently um, today, just maybe seven years from when, when you were 20?
0: Yeah, for sure. And, and, and it's funny going back and looking in the archives of Instagram and um and on that and you got to be careful because so many people get in trouble with their old stuff that they posted not that i have anything bad in there but um back then i only had you know a thousand followers and it was all my friends and we just posted dumb stuff and memes and i there's some monday pun days in there i'm sure you'll find where i just posted funny little memes that i thought was you know worth a chuckle and you know it wasn't something that was looked at back then as a um as a, a part of your job, like a part of my job now is to represent my brands on social media. And it's almost as, or more even important, um, than results are these days, you know? And, and back then, I mean, I would never post a, a selfie with my, my friends and say, miss these fools now, at least not on my, uh, maybe I wouldn't like if I had a personal page, but not on a, a business page. But I look at social media now in 2019 is it's a business to me. Um, it's part of, you know, my business is my social media and I've earned in, I've earned lots of income off of social media. And every time I go to the contract table, the question is always asked about social media and how many posts and what's your engagement and, you know, this, that, and the other about social media. So, you know, in 2013, I looked at it as, you know, I was 20 years old, like, Oh, I'm going to post some funny pics of me and my friends. And, Maybe I'll message this cute girl that I found on Instagram and now it's, you know, it's, I've got three or four contracts that all have obligations of X number of posts with X number of tags and this, that, and the other. And for me now, it's just, it's business. It's all it really is to me is, uh, is, is connecting with fans and, 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 you know, engaging with the the people
1: in the BMX community, but it's, it's part of my job. Definitely part of your job and important. It adds so much value to you as a person. And one thing that you do really well is you you have a versatile following. So you're able to not only have 60,000 followers on Instagram, you're able to have a YouTube that has... Videos with over 100,000 views, and you have a Facebook page and, and you Twitter, and you do really well at adopting the platform and using it for what it is. So, you post a great picture on Instagram, maybe an insightful tweet on Twitter. And one of my favorite things is you actually share on LinkedIn, which is something that a lot of your peers in the sport of BMX and most professional athletes actually aren't really focusing on, but it's something that I find really important. I'm posting daily on LinkedIn, and I think uh, as my goals of um, being more career-based and working in the in the industry of marketing, graphic design within hopefully Fortune 500 companies, I think LinkedIn is definitely the spot to promote that and it's important to have a good voice on that. So how do you look at LinkedIn and, and what are you using that for? Do you, do you see it as something building for the future? Or what's your opinion on that platform?
0: Yeah, well, and I like what you said there about how I, uh, using different platforms for different things. And I think, you know, when I was 20, you kind of looked at all social media platforms the same. Like I would post the same photo to Facebook that I would to Twitter. I would tweet that, you know, I was hungry and then I would post the Facebook status that I was hungry. And then I would, you know, Instagram my, my food or whatever. But now like what you're saying, it's so important to adopt the, uh, platform to what it is. You know, I know on Instagram that I've got a following. I know that photos of me riding, I get better engagement than photos of me or not riding or anything else. Um, I know people there want to see action shots and action videos. But if I posted that on LinkedIn, no, no one wants to see pictures of me riding down the first straight on LinkedIn. But if I can offer some insight on, you know, sponsorship and and I I did a speech recently on uh, how sponsorship affects me as an athlete and, you know, putting stuff like that out there, that's the target audience. Like you're saying, it's business, it's professionals, it's, you know, people like that, that's, that's what that target audience is. And, you know, I think, um, it's almost a little bit, uh, like finding your target audience, uh, for each and figuring out who follows you on those different platforms and what they follow you looking for. You know, are they like, you know, for example, I could post up a, a photo of a recipe on my, my Instagram and it would tank and get like no engagement because people don't follow me looking for recipes, but there's accounts out there with millions of followers, that are just posting food recipes, you know? And and if they posted a picture of me scrubbing on a double, people would probably be like, what the heck? So it's just figuring out what the people, what people are interested in, what they're looking for, and then targeting,
1: you know, that audience with, with what you choose to put out in your content. Totally, you have to target your audience, target the platform and your success in numbers are just proof of that for sure. So this has been a totally great episode. I appreciate you coming on. And uh, like you said, I'm going to try to appreciate my opportunities even more and just make sure I think big. And you also, one thing that I do appreciate and I want to try to focus on is just how you you make sure that whatever you're focusing on, you're not worried about other things in your mind. So if I'm taking a test at school, I need to make sure I'm I'm focusing on that test or at work. And and you're able to really compartmentalize those different things. I think that's probably what allows you to do so many different things. So I, I really do appreciate you sharing all of that, and where can the listeners follow you?
0: Yeah, um, my social media, all accounts are at Cornerfields11. Um, YouTube, just type in Connor Fields, you'll find me. LinkedIn, Connor Fields, if you want to see the business posts. Um, and yeah, and just so you know, when I was 20, I couldn't compartmentalize anywhere near as good as I can now, so that's a skill that can be learned and developed. When I was 20, if I was having a bad day in my personal life, I was completely useless
1: on the bike, so it's uh, definitely something that that I I've had to awesome, work at to man. get better. I'm sure you'll, you'll continue to get better at that as time goes, and, and thanks so much for listening to this. It means a lot. Uh, I obviously have a, a pretty big BMX background, so I do have some guests that are, are BMX-based. I've had Jason Richardson, who's a world champion cyclist and he gave some different perspectives, but I really want to focus on having these conversations that are just bigger than the bike. So, I do appreciate you giving me the chance and I encourage you to to subscribe and and give it a shot to listen to some other episodes. I I just did an episode with with a doctor, Clarence Lee, who has nothing to do with a bike at all, but I I still think he provides such an interesting perspective and everyone when they're growing up they they go through different things that are hard and and they have ups and downs and and there's so many lessons to learn from that and that's totally my goal with this podcast. So I hope you find value in it. I'm definitely enjoying sharing it. So thanks so much. And I'll see you next time on Tuesday when I drop the next episode of the 20 at 20 podcast. Thank you.